Good morning. How's everybody doing today? Good? All right. Are you guys ready? Thank you. Anybody here had a week? And I don't mean like your normal Sunday to Saturday. Who here just had a week? Okay. I'm not alone. This was, this was a week for me and my family. I mean, one of those knock you out, drag you down, wear you out, beat you up kind of weeks. Um, I won't go into all the details and everything of the stuff that beat me up this week, but it was a little rough at times, that's for sure. But we're here. We made it. August 29th. It's the seed money harvest. Let's see it. In March, we launched the Seed Money campaign. Five, six-ish months ago, depending on where it fell in the month. We launched this, and we got it rolling, and we got it started. And Heather, a text in the middle of the service to our whole family, as she was talking, I was like, we well, stole like the first half of my sermon. Now I got to figure out something to do now. Um, but she definitely let you guys know for if you're new, if you're a guest, what we've been doing. And if you're not a guest and you've been a part of it, she just refreshed it that hopefully you didn't forget what's been going on in this church the last five months. We're going to go ahead and read the parable of the talents just so we uh, remember where we are and what we are doing. So let's go ahead and kick it off. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last. Dividing it in proportion to their abilities, he then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of the, how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate this together. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant. 
If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Matthew 25, 14 through 30. So back in March, I spoke on this chapter, and we read it, and we talked about what we were going to do. So we passed out, just like Heather said, $20 to every adult, $10 to every kid. We kept record, got spreadsheets of who we gave money to, and I told you something. Make a difference. We gave you the seed, we invested it in you to plant something and see what came of it. And we were going to come back and harvest it. These are examples of some of the things that I saw. And this is kind of why I want you guys to fill these little sheets out. Because I know you guys did way more than I even got to witness. I saw like the big public things that people were doing. But I know that there were people doing things quietly. Just doing their own thing. Harvesting their seed money and bringing it into us. I saw coffee sales start, crafts being sold, raffles happening, letters being written to other people asking for money for the seed money campaign, saw garage sales. I saw people just say, you know what, I know that I can't get crazy creative, I'm just going to match this money and just keep matching it. I saw concessions sold, I saw events being had, I saw concerts happen, dance nights, comedy, I saw people play video games to earn money. So people sell baked goods. You name it, we probably did something along those lines to try it. Some of the most inspiring things to me was watching the kids. Dylan. Dylan in this room? Ah, he's not in here. Uh, Dylan had this quarter candy machine that he had in his room for I don't know how long. He used his money, went and bought a whole bunch of candy, and it's been in that back room. He's just been collecting quarters. Half of those are my quarters, because my son <laughs> break into my truck. He'd ask me, can I have one quarter? I'm like, yeah, bub, you can have a quarter. And then I get in there one day, and I don't even have an Aldi quarter anymore. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I like $5 in quarters in here. I got nothing now. People got creative, like my son getting my quarters. And on and on. As God took the $20 that we gave you, and he gifted you with ideas, with talents, with blessings, with wisdom, to take chances, to make choices, to invest it, and to grow it. See, I didn't see this at first until I started working on this message, that God was fulfilling a promise. I mean, okay, sidebar. I knew he was fulfilling a promise because he said, do this, and we were like, all right, let's do it. Uh, but he was fulfilling another promise. A couple years ago, a man was meeting with Jeff, and he said to him a specific phrase about his church. Um, and as I was working on this message, this verse came up, 
to me. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Added it in. And then as I read it over, I was like, that's exactly what that guy spoke into Jeff two, three years ago. So Joel 2, 24 through 25. The threshing floors will again be piled high with grain, and the presses will overflow with new wine and olive oil. The Lord said, I will give you back what you lost to the swarming locusts, the hopping locusts, the stripping locusts, and the cutting locusts. It was I who sent this great destroying army against you. Joel 2, 24 through 25. The threshing places will be full of grain, and I will give you back what you lost to the swarms of locusts. That hit me as I was reading that, because I was like, oh, this is a great verse. You ever like find a verse, and you're like, oh, that's so good, and you just like it, and you just like hold on to it? If you've ever prepared like a message or something you're teaching, you may find a verse, and you're like, oh, this is really good. I like this one. I can use it. And it was as I was going over it and studying and reading it over that I was like, this is it. God told us he was going to restore what the locust ate. So we're going to take a little journey today on our Harvest Sunday, if you're ready. Um, I'm going to take you on a journey. We'll see how this goes. So last Sunday... My wife, Candace and I, we celebrated our 12th wedding anniversary. Thank you. We weren't here at church because we went out of town. and We took a trip. If, you, if you're friends with us on social media, you probably saw the millions of pictures that we posted because we wanted to tell you all about it and brag. Um, but we went to Utah, and we took part in a new hobby that my wife and I started, we are now backpacking, so we go, we take trips, and we live out of what's on our back. Our food, our toilet, our bedding, our everything is in our back. Um, and so we took this backpacking trip in Utah, just outside of Salt Lake City is this um, amazing place. It's in the Twin Peaks region, and it's called Lake Blanche. It's at the top of a mountain. We saw some amazing, incredible views, and it was awesome. We love to get out and adventure, and this was definitely an adventure. Well, this seed money campaign was kind of like that trip, and this is where we're going on a journey, so go with me. Uh, a year ago, August 20th, 2020, one year ago, I was in the middle of prayer, and Something hit me, and I was like, okay, that's cool. I'm not pulling out my phone for any other reason than to read this to you. Um, but something hit me, and I was like, all right, God, that's neat. And I kept trying to move on, and I kept trying to move on, and it wouldn't happen, and it wouldn't happen. And I wanted to find, here we go. So this was August 20th, 2020. I'm in the middle of a prayer, and I can't move past. Something keeps hitting me. Something keeps hitting me. So I finally said, all right, God, stopped what I was doing, picked up my phone, and I sent this text to Jeff and Dwayne. Hey, guys, so usually when I have a message hit me, I sit back on it and just wait until I'm needed. But I've also been challenging myself to be more bold lately. So this morning, I just had a whirlwind dropped in, and I had an idea to step out on. I know we had our financial meeting last month, 
And we've been talking about doing a blessings and financial meeting or service for the whole church. I'm stepping out to say I've got something from God for that. Here's the other kicker. <laughs> I've seen the emails about our finances and the mortgage, and I need $1,500. <laughs> I don't know where it's coming from. If I had it, I'd use it. I don't know if we're going to sell gear that we aren't using, if we'll be blessed with it. But when we have that, I've got something for the church. This may seem weird, but like I said, it was dropped in like a whirlwind, and because I'm challenging myself to be bold and stop sitting back, I'm stepping out and telling you guys first. It was August 20th. I sent that text, and there was silence on the other end. <laughs> and then my wife got home. And we, we have a tradition where she would go drop the kids off at school. My wife and I would go on a walk before we both start our days. And I took her on a walk, and we're about, listen, we were probably barely out of the driveway because my heart was exploding. I said, babe, I need you to be praying. I need $1,500. Husbands, don't say that to your wives unless it's actually like a financial burden, because I was like, oh, God's got something for me, and I was like, I need $1,500 for this, and she was like very taken aback, and she thought like we were upside down filing bankruptcy or something. She had no idea what was going on. Yeah, don't, just don't start like that, so I, I then broke it down to her, and she was like, okay, and like all very supportive wives, she didn't tell me that I was absolutely insane and just said, cool. Uh, later that day, I got to meet with Dwayne. Jeff and I have spoke, and we had conversations where I explained to them more about what this was and what God was saying to me. So that's where I say that this seed money harvest has been like Candace and I's trip because as soon as we, I said to them, hey guys, we're going to do this because we have amazing pastors and leaders that they said, all right, I don't know what that's going to look like. And I said, yeah, I don't know either. And we talked and I was like, this is not like a, this is going to be next week. I said, we'll know. When it's time, we'll know. And when that happens, we'll jump on it. But for now, I, I just told them, like they would come to me regularly Ryan, we're not forgetting about it. Like, we're still going to do it. We just don't know. And I was like, you're good, man. Like, we'll know when it's time. So that, um, that moment of saying, we will do this. We just don't know a lot of the details. That's when Candace and I bought our tickets to fly to Utah. We were doing it. We had no idea what it was going to be like. So... Then it starts getting closer and closer. Throw me my first picture up. We start the trail. So the way this trail works is you park in this tiny little parking lot about the size of this building where so many people are hiking. And you get there, and you have to walk quite a ways before you're actually even on, like, the trail. So that moment, that's kind of like late winter for our church. Jeff and Dwayne started having messages about harvesting and agriculture and blessings. 
and it was building. And every single week, I could feel it. And I could feel something was happening. Something was happening. We were starting on the trail. Jeff and Dwayne, we had conversations. Something was happening. Give me my next picture. Then we start moving up the trail. That's my wife. That's her backpack. Uh, <clears throat> we start moving up the trail, and we start seeing exciting things. Stuff is happening. People are getting excited. God is moving in our hearts, and we're knowing this is about to go. Something's going to hit here soon. This is about to go. What? We didn't really know yet still. <laughs> but we knew it was happening. We knew something was coming. It started ramping up. And then, what's my next picture? Then we start the trail. There's this sign that says, this is the Twin Peaks Wilderness, the Wasatch region. It's beautiful. And that's when you start going up. Because before, it was just kind of easy going. We had a couple of little uphill areas. And we're like, oh, okay. But then you start the trail, and it starts elevating. We, we went up, what was it, babe, like 3,000 feet in elevation change in a short, short amount of hiking. Well, it wasn't really short. It took us quite a while. But... Um, This was when we knew, all right, this is happening. We had a leaders meeting, and a great family that loves our church, they came forward and they said, we are going to bless you. We want to give this money to the church. That was a Tuesday, and they said, we want to give this. Do I have one more picture before the next thing? All right. So now, this may be a hard angle for you to see. We're really going up that trail. Like, that is quite steep, and those are big boulders that we literally were climbing over with our backpacks on. That's when we got the money. Things got real, and we're like, we got to put this in motion. We got to start hiking up. We got to start getting this going. Text messages were flying to each other during the week, the week like, all right, we're going to start it. It's going to be this Sunday. This is what we're going to do. This is how it's going to work. We're going to make this happen. Things got real, and we started moving up that mountain pretty quick. But here's the thing. We got to kick off Sunday, and as a leader, it's exciting and terrifying at the same time. So for that illustration, as Candace and I were going up the mountain, this happened. Where that is now to where I am here is how close we were to that. Yeah, thank you. Whoever just said, oh, wow. <clears throat> A moose can run about 40 miles per hour. Like two days before Candace and I left, there was a video like circulating on social media of a guy who was filming a moose and it turned and charged at him. Um, I'll have you know, because we knew that this area was filled with, it's filled with a lot of animals, I'll tell you that. Um, but we knew that this was a very big area that you could see moose. 
And they're usually like way off in the distance or like waiting in the water and everybody like thinks it's amazing. And they tell you like, you'll definitely go there, you'll see a moose like way off on the trail. This was about 10 feet from us. And what happened is I climbed up this new spot. I had just climbed up this big area and I had to rest because my lungs were going to explode. And I'm sitting there and over my breathing, I start hearing and these rustling noises. I'm like, something, is that Candace? And she's still down there. She's making her way up. And I turn around and I see these antlers. At first, I didn't see the whole guy. I just saw his antlers just rustling around. I could barely utter out, partly out of excitement and partly out of fear and partly because I'm still out of breath from hiking a mountain, to get her attention in a whisper. Because I'm not going to scream it and have this bullwinkle come charging at me. <laughs> so I'm trying to get her attention. Like, bang, bang, bang. She gets up there and she sees it. And I'll tell you, our legs were shaking. It was so exciting and so terrifying at the same exact time. It's actually another video. I just didn't load it due to time's sake, but you can, the first video is me filming him as you see him, and then he turns and looks, and I just duck down, like, <laughs> real fast, <clears throat> and you can hear through both of our videos, like, through both of our videos the whole time, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, as we're filming this guy, it was exciting and terrifying, that's how we felt as church leaders, we took $1,500 for a small church, that's a big chunk. We took $1,500 and we passed it out. It could have gone south. We were scared because we didn't know. Just like a farmer planting a field, there could be bad weather, bugs, a fire. Who knows what's going to happen? And then they got to account for that loss. We could have had to account for that loss. So it was exciting. It was scary. But we were so excited that that overpowered the fear. When Candace and I were going up that mountain, that was the push we needed. I was about three quarters of the way up the mountain, and we were pretty dead, carrying 30 pounds on our back and going up this elevation change. We were pretty tired then. And then we saw that. Guarantee you, we weren't tired the rest of the way. We were jazzed up and flying up that mountain. Probably a little bit faster, because now we were like, there, something could get us. <laughs> but that's how we were as a church. That's how we were. We were so excited, we passed it out. And that was our push to get up the rest of the way to the mountain. And so that very next morning, we got up the when we got to the top of the mountain, we didn't know that it was going to snow and rain and drop below freezing. So we got there, got our tent set up, started cooking food, and the skies opened up and it started raining. So we got it cooked real fast, got into our tent, and we just huddled in there the rest of the night. But in the morning, this was our view. We woke up, and we could look out the tent and see this beautiful, it's called um, Pikes Peak? Sundial Peak. Pikes Peak's Colorado, my bad. Sundial Peak. You can't see that right here. 
there's this huge, beautiful mountaintop lake. We were the only ones up there. Nobody else really wanted to be in the freezing rain, apparently. But we were the only ones up there. It was beautiful. We got to hike around and explore. Church, that's been our view lately. We got to the top of the mountain. We've been seeing the blessings come in. We've been seeing people give, ideas flow, lives changing, the church growing. We've seen the amazing and exciting things that God is doing. We've been on the mountaintop. This spring and summer, I'm sure you've heard it at churches before where they'll say, man, I had that church retreat and it was such a mountaintop experience. I had this and it was a mountaintop experience. The reason people use that is because mountains are used throughout Scripture as a place of revelation and connection with God. Noah's Ark came to rest on the mountain. Moses received revelation from God so many times on the mountain. David built his city on a mountain. Solomon built his temple on a mountain. Elijah challenged the false prophets on a mountain. We just sang about that song, There is a Cloud, comes from the rest of that story, on a mountain. Jesus taught his disciples on a mountain. Jesus was transfigured on a mountain. A mountaintop experience is a time of epiphany, of revelation, of deep connection with God. And church, that's been our view this past spring and summer is we've been on a mountaintop experience as a church. We've been seeing people come, blessings come in. But here's the thing, you can't stay on the mountain forever. As much as my wife wanted and I wanted to stay there for as long as we could, can't stay there forever. Even Moses had to come down from that mountain. Now, I'm not saying we're headed into a valley, that things are going to get hard or anything like that. But here's what I'm going to say. If you stay on that mountain forever, how can anyone know what happened on that mountain? How can God get glory if no one knows what he did on that mountain? Moses was come down from the mountain to share what God did and what he said to him up there. Moses went up that mountain several times. Just a second. Moses went up that mountain several times and came back down with revelation. Just like my wife and I went up that mountain and then came down to tell you all about it and share it to everybody else. See, throughout Exodus, if you read it, the number of times he went up the mountain to receive something from God and then came down to share it with people. Moses went up and came down to share what God revealed. Sometimes his face was shining. He came down to share. So I'm going to tell you, we're coming down from this mountain now. We've been on this beautiful mountaintop experience, but now we're coming down. But like Moses, like the disciples, when they came down from the mountain, it was to share it sharing this amazing move of God is a continuation and just sowing more seed. 2 Corinthians 9.6 says, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. You see, 
this move that we've had, this mountaintop experience, this planting of seed, wasn't just a fun thing we did. It wasn't just to ignite some creativity into people. Those were part of it, for sure. Part of it was financial blessings. Part of it was to see what we could do. Part of it was to propel our church forward. But this wasn't just a, one time our church did this story you get to tell. This is a move. This is a move of God that you can choose to get on board with and tell people what's happening at a little church in Dayton, or you can just let it pass you by. This is a move. Just this week, okay, I'm sitting in a car repair shop. So that's one of the crazy things that happened to me. Uh, I was driving for work. My tire blew out on 75. I got pulled over in just enough time to save the tire and get it changed. But part that made it difficult was I was parked leaning on gravel. If you know anything about changing a tire, you want to be on a flat level surface. So my truck has a jack that comes with it that gets it just high enough off of the ground when you're on a flat level surface to be able to change a tire. If you are not on a flat level surface, it gets it just high enough off the ground to take the flat off. The spare would not go back on. And then the flat reinflated slightly, so I couldn't get the flat back on to try to move forward. So I'm stuck on the side of the road with my jack barely up high enough for quite a while. Finally, uh, a gentleman stopped, asked, do you need help? And I was like, dude, you got another jack with you? Like, I just need to get two inches higher to get the spare on. So I won't go through all the details, but I had a pallet jack in the back of my truck as well, and we had kind of a rigged system with a pallet jack and another jack and a third jack to get this high enough off of the ground because I'm leaning in gravel. It was not fun. But then I had to go take it to a car repair shop that next morning to get two tires fixed. And while I'm in the waiting room, a lady came in and we started talking about this car shop that we both love to use. It's probably the best car shop I know, and I will promote them endlessly. If anybody needs a car place, let me know. Um, but we're waiting here, and we're talking about how great this is, and we love the service that these guys provide. And she's sharing about how, you know, if you have great service, people are going to come back. And as we're talking, I mean, if you know me, you know I'm a talker, so... You, you, don't, you can add up this. Basically, it came out that I'm a pastor, I'm at a church, we started talking about church together, and I told her I was speaking this Sunday, and I told her what I was speaking on, and her reaction was priceless to me. She told me she'd never heard of anything like it. She said, churches so often have pastors that preach at them and are so focused on just speaking their message, they don't invest in the people. That the church misses what makes the church, which is the people. Yet God is here making a move happen in this body. You see, she didn't know the name of our church. And I'm talking to her, and she was blown away by what God is doing. She said, I'm blown away. What a blessing it is to see a church come together as a body 
and recognize what that is and what it means. And I said, that's exactly the name of our church. It's called The Body. Um, don't tell me God isn't moving. Countless people have heard rumblings out of this little area, Dayton, Ohio. Principals of local schools contacted me, and we've reached out. Performances have happened here. Concerts have happened here. Guests have been here. Dances have happened here. The comedy night that I had here. The comedy night that I had here was a blast. I got to do something I love. But you know what? If you were here that night, it's a great crowd. 80% of that crowd, guests, visitors, people I didn't even know came that night. The other comedian that came in traveled from Nashville. He has a podcast that goes literally around the world. He talked about our church multiple times. We had people come from Tennessee and Michigan all the way up here for that. People I've talked to, they're blown away by what we're doing and talking about it. So there's a move happening. That wind is blowing. Things are happening. God is making a move within this church. God was making a move start to happen before we kick this off. If you go back and remember, if you don't, they're on Facebook Live. You can log in and watch those whenever you'd like. We also have a podcast and you can see those. But you can go back and remember what God was doing, the anticipation that was building, the mountain that we were climbing at that time. Guys, do not miss this. God is in a move right now, and this is our Harvest Sunday. We planted months ago, experienced a mountaintop this summer, and now we're reaping the harvest. So I just want to tell you that this is the beginning of a move, and don't miss this. And here's why you don't want to miss this. Proverbs 10.5. A wise youth harvests in the summer, but one who sleeps during harvest is a disgrace. Don't be the disgrace. Don't sleep during our harvest, this move. So I'm going to ask you, what are you going to do now? This isn't over. What are you going to do now? Are you just going to move on and forget what happened the past five months? Are you going to let God just pass you by as our church continues this new path of growth and excitement? Are you on board? Are you ready to keep moving? It's my biggest fear is that we as a church miss this. Don't let it happen, church. I talked about Moses, how he went up the mountain and came down the mountain so many times, each with news for the people, his face shown, people witnessed the mighty goodness of God. One time. Exodus 32, 15 through 20. Then Moses turned and went down the mountain. It's going down. He held in his hands the two stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant. They were inscribed on both sides, front and back. These tablets were God's work. The words on them were written by God himself. When Joshua heard the boisterous noise of the people shouting below them, he exclaimed to Moses, it sounds like war in the camp. But Moses replied, no, it's not a shout of victory nor the wailing of defeat. I hear the sound of a celebration. So hold up. Imagine you're Moses. 
You've been on the mountain with God. You're up here. You're coming down. And you hear shouts of celebration from the people. Man, I can't imagine the blood pumping, the goosebumps, the excitement, the adrenaline flowing through Moses as he's coming down from a mountain with an experience with God, information that he gets to share with the people, and he's hearing shouts of celebration, and he tells Joshua, no, these are shouts of celebration. And then, it's the next slide there. I'll go on. Oh, when they came near the camp, Moses saw the calf. This is when they built the golden calf and the dancing, and he burned with anger. I would burn with anger if I were Moses to begin with. If I had just led all of these people, and then all of a sudden they built a calf, I'd be furious. But if I was just on a mountain with God, plus leading all these people out, I'd be even more furious. But if I led these people, was on a mountain with God, and I know they're celebrating, and I think it's about to be the biggest celebration and praise the Lord that I have ever seen, and I see that golden calf, no wonder. He threw the stone tablets to the ground, smashing them at the foot of the mountain. He took the calf they had made and burned it. Then he ground it into powder, threw it into the water, and forced the people to drink it. I've never seen a bigger mic drop move in the Bible than that right there. Like, if you read this whole passage out, he says to Aaron, what happened? And he said, you know what? People were asking for their God. So I said, give me all your gold, threw it in the furnace, and out jumped this calf. That's bull calf right there. <laughs> and Moses is furious. So he says, you know what? You guys want it so bad? Drink it. In that amount of time, they built a golden calf. Here's the thing, though. They didn't forget what was done for them because Aaron exclaimed, here is your God that led you out of Egypt. So they didn't forget what God did, but they forgot who God was. They said, this is my God now. Church, my biggest fear, my fleshly fear, is that we come down from this mountain, we remember what God did, but we forget that it was God who did it. We came down this mountain and forgot the blessings he gave us. And we fall back into normal church. Just getting the job done. There's a time for routine, for hitting marks, sure. But God forgive us if we forget. I hope not normal is our normal. See, I hope blessings are our expectation. 
and that we will be constantly living in a move of God. That's our constant goal. Not normal, being our new normal. Because this seed money campaign, I talked about it. I'm going to talk about it a little bit more if I have your permission. But it wasn't just the money. Sure, we wanted to see the money grow. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that later on. But it was about your hearts growing, your minds growing, your faith growing. A move of God has been happening. We've seen amazing things come through this body. Don't let it stop. See, now we're down the mountain, and this is where we want to tell everybody about that move of God. Because the more you tell, the more seeds you're sowing. Because we don't have to stop here. We can sow more seeds and more seeds and more seeds. I had this conversation about a farmer doesn't plant a field, harvest it, and then retire. If he did, better have been one great harvest. No, he plants a field, and then from the seeds that he planted, he has a new crop that grows. And then he takes some of that crop, which produced new seed, and he plants that new seed, and he keeps it going, and he keeps it going, and he keeps it going. And he uses crops one year, takes some of those and plants them again. People, this is a move of God that is happening, and I'm going to tell you, as God dropped this into me, there was a song that kept playing in my head, just kept rolling there and rolling there, and I could not get it out for the life of me, and I'm not one to sit up here and be like, I'm going to manufacture this moment, this is going to be so cool, this church is going to blow up because we're doing this song now. No. I've also probably been told before that you don't split up a sermon and do a song in the middle of it. But not normal is going to be our new normal. All right? So I talked to Ben and the other pastors, and they have definitely gotten the clue. Um, we're going to be a little unconventional, and we're adding a song right now. The song is called, This is a Move. If you've heard it before, you know where we're about to go. If you have not heard this before, let this song sink in. And if you are ready, declare it. Declare it over our church. Let the Spirit move in you as the body declares what God is going to be doing. We're going to do this song. And then I've got another little bit more sermonette to finish up. Because like I said, this is in the middle of a sermon. I don't know if we've ever done this, but we're doing it now. So prepare yourselves Ben, go ahead and lead us. Are you ready for a move, church? Woo! We've been coming down the mountain. And this is our harvest. We learned many things this past summer. That God was moving through every single one of them. See, we learned that God can take our little and make it much. Maybe 
You took your seed money. You learned a lesson with it. Maybe you took your money and it grew 10 times. Maybe it grew 1% or a half a percent. Maybe you took a big risk. Maybe you took a little risk. Maybe you had a huge profit. Maybe there was no monetary value at all. Maybe your project inspired people. Maybe it brought new people to the church. Maybe it brought your family closer together. Maybe it taught you a lesson. That's the point of these forms. Fill them out, please, if you have not. Turn them in. Because I want you to reflect. There's a whole backside if you need more. And there's plenty of extras if you need more. I want you to reflect. I want you to think about the impact that it had on you, that it had on the church, that it had on those around you. I want to know what your harvest was. This will also help us track who turned money in so we can chase you down. No, I'm just kidding. This will help us know who turned in what. Because you know what? I've heard reports from people who have been turning money in, and I didn't even know that it was for that. So if you fill one of these out, we'll know that that's what it was for. And that's how God was moving for you. So I'm going to share mine with you. Um, so my event the comedy night, as I've talked about, and my event made zero dollars, and I honestly was very scared to admit that, because it was a huge night, it was a blast, there were a ton of people, and I had so many conversations with my wife of like, I have nothing to show for it had this huge thing. I even told her, I was like, I'm the creative pastor here. I kicked off this whole campaign, and I can't go before the church and say, here you go. Here's my talent returned to you. And to be honest, it broke my heart. It broke my heart, though, because I was looking at it the way I told you guys not to look at it. Because it was a wash. The comedian who came in, the back charges that we had, and some of the other costs to host the event and to put it out there where we put it out there had costs, and it basically washed itself. And I was like, okay, I got to a wash. Cool. I don't know what to do. It seemed like a simple event. Thought it was like, I thought this was going to be crazy. And then God started speaking to me about, what did you tell the people? Not always about the money. The money's something we can see, what we can track and hold on to, because that's, that was the seed planted. But see, I learned our church can host events like we've never done before. I learned new ways to market, to promote, 
Our church name is out there in so many places that it never was out there before. Like I said, about 20% of the people here that night were from the church, and 80% were guests, visitors, people who literally Googled what to do tonight in Dayton, Ohio. And they said, cool. People who listened to that comedian's podcast and were like, oh, he's going to be in Dayton? Buying a ticket. There were people who learned who the body Dayton was. Our church's name, like I said, was on that podcast that is around the world right now. Word reached everywhere of who Dayton was and what we're doing here. And then it opened up some even newer conversations with people. And that's when I started seeing the harvest. When I started seeing people talk to me about the event, talk about what it meant to them, talk about how they can't wait for another one, talk about how they want to come back and see. The day after that event, Vince over here, he just looked terrified when I said his name. It's the fun part about being a pastor, calling someone's name out. Vince came and approached me, and he said, hey, we're a newer family in your church. Is this seed money thing really over? Because he heard me talking about it, talking about the comedy night. And that whole rest of the service, I told him, I said, man, meet me after service. We'll talk. I didn't know what I was going to say. I spent the rest of that service so distracted, trying to hear from God. God, what am I supposed to do right now? Like, I'm never going to rob somebody of a blessing. And so I had a conversation with him about exactly what I said just a minute ago. Harvest is not the end. The end. A farmer doesn't plant once and then go, cool, great year, thank you guys, I'm out, hitting the lake. No. He plants again and again. My first sermon, I talked about one kernel of corn planted, a single stalk of corn grows from it. Huge. It's tall as I, taller than me. And each stalk can have one to two ears of corn on it. An ear of corn has an average of 800 kernels. So if you maximize that to two ears, you could have up to 1,600 kernels from one kernel. So any smart farmer that doesn't have copyright issues with the seed that he uses will take his crop, and he uses some, he distributes some, saves some, and then he takes this amount back so he can plant again. And then that next planting season, he takes some of his previous harvest and plants it again. So I told Vince, I said, you know what, buddy? No, it's not done. Because God told me it's not. So we're going to keep planting. We're saving the seed that has come in, part of it, so that we can keep planting back in to families within our church. We can keep planting again and again and again. And see, the conversation I had with Vince 
He told me where his passion lie and where he feels he wants to use his seed money. And he said, I don't know what that looks like, but I know it's this. And I'm not going to steal his thunder from whenever he gets to tell you guys about that. So we're just going to call it this. And I told him, I said, you know what, man? That was me. I love comedy and performing. Guys love video games. Olahana loves dance. People love crafting, scrapbooking. It was about getting to use what God has given you and give it back to him. Give it back to the church and see the harvest that comes in from it. So I told him, I said, man, I had no idea what that was going to look like. And now I'm seeing that other people are being inspired and blessed to use things that they never thought they could use for the kingdom and finding a way to now use it for the kingdom. So when I say, what did I learn? That's what I learned. I learned that it doesn't matter what your gift is, what your talent is, where it was at. When you get that nudge, when you get that push, when you get that $20 seed that's thrown at you and says, do something with it, God will tell you. And you're going to see things happen. I'm going to read to you a couple verses. They're not up there. Deuteronomy 28.12. I'll say it if you want to write it down. Deuteronomy 28.12. The Lord will open the heavens the storehouse of his bounty, to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the work of your hands. You will lend to many nations, but will borrow from none. Genesis 27, 28. May God give you of heaven's dew and earth's richness an abundance of grain and new wine. Deuteronomy 28, 8. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. The Lord your God will bless you in the land. I told you it wasn't about the money, but it's something we can track, something we can see and physically, tangibly hold on to. See, here's the thing. Chancey, back me up on this. If I plant a kernel of corn, am I going to get rhubarb? No. If I plant tomatoes... Am I going to see green beans? No. Because that's not normal. But at our church, not normals are normal. So maybe you took your $20 and you took a family out to lunch. You invited a family in and said, I want you to visit my church. They do some weird things there, but you got to check it out. And then you have that 20 in your pocket and you say, you know what, let's go out to lunch so we can talk about this. And now that family comes and is a part of our body. Nah, you don't have 20 bucks to bring back. You don't have $40 to bring back. You don't have $150 to return back to the church. But you brought a harvest. You brought people in. And as we know, the principle of tithing more than likely, that $20 that you spent to bless that family is going to get returned in the same way as well. It's a long-term game. That's how farmers have to play it. Farmers don't play penny stocks, throw their money in it, and hope for a return immediately. No, they're dealing with hundreds of thousands of dollars and throwing it out there and risking it all over a long-term game that comes back year after year. So I've had people ask me how the seed money is gone, what's happening, 
What are we seeing? I'll tell you this, because this is a part everybody's waiting for. I don't know the whole total. The dumbfounded look on your faces is hilarious for me right now. I don't know the full total. And the reason I don't know the full total is because you guys are still bringing it in. That's amazing. You see, I have a total that was given to me by Kevin before the service, not including any cash that has been brought in today. Or maybe it has, I don't know. Um, he gave me a total. Was that just online? So nothing from today is in this total. I can see there's a lot in there. Um, <clears throat> so there's more to add to these totals from our very first harvest. We started with $1,500. You know, in that passage, the um, one servant had five bags, and he doubled it. He brought five back. The other servant had two bags, and he doubled it, and he brought two bags. The one servant had one, and he returned one. But you know why the master was angry with him? Not because he returned one, because he did nothing. So throughout that book, that chapter in there, everybody doubled it. We started with $1,500. As of this morning, before anybody brought anything in, we had transposed those numbers and have 5,100. And I can tell you that number is going up still because I can see what's in some of these baskets. I've had conversations with some of you. I know there's people who weren't even here today. So that money total is going up. And what are we going to do with it? We're going to bless people. Our church has expenses, like every church. We have a mortgage. We have bill Think of the bills you have for your house. We have that for a church. Times probably like 20 because of the size. <laughs> um. We're going to bless people. We'll bless our pastors. We'll bless this building. There are things that need done in this building that we have not been able to do. There are people and outreaches that we can go to and bless them that we have not been able to do. But thanks to God, thanks to you servants and your faithfulness, We're going to keep seeing it happen. And so I said, this is not the end. I spoke with Vince already. There's some other newer families that I know have started coming to our church since we started the seed money campaign. And you are not left out of this. Come see me. Because we've got extra seed in here that we can pass back out and see what you're going to do with it, and keep funding this, and see what other people are doing. And some of you may be like, well, why are we going to just keep doing it? 
Because our church is about ownership. I want to ask you, when you talk to people, do you just say, oh yeah, you got to hear about the church I attend? Or do you say, you got to hear about my church? See, there's an illustration. Well, pretty much Jeff and I are the only people that have heard this illustration unless we've shared it before. But we were at a conference once and we heard this illustration. And it's one of my favorites, so I'm going to keep using it. But I can't claim it, so I'm just going to tell you I stole it. Um, I believe Chancey was there too. It's about ownership. See, here at our church, you're not a member. We don't consider you a member of our church. And don't take that offensively. You're a part of this church. And you're a part of this church because you're an owner. See, if you go to a gym and you're working out and the machine breaks, if you're a member... You go to the guy behind the desk, and you say, hey, buddy, the elliptical broke. And he says, okay, I'll write it down, and the owner goes and fixes it. You're an owner of the gym, and you're working out, and the elliptical breaks. You go and fix it. This is not me saying that to say, fix everything that's broken or do more or anything like that. No, it's, it's a mindset that our church, the body Dayton has. If you're a part of the body, Dayton, you're part ownership. This seed money encourages your ownership and buy-in of what the body, Dayton, is doing. You're going to take hold of it like an owner, like a shareholder. Because shareholders, they got some skin in the game. They want to see success. An employee, he can get a new job. It may hurt for a little bit, but he'll buy it. He'll get a new job. He'll go somewhere else and start working. If you're a shareholder, it's a big loss. Something happens to what you are a part of, what you own. And that's why at our church, we want you to be bought in, sold out, Christ followers that are willing to share. Share what it was like on the mountain. And come with us as we go up the mountain again and share it with everybody you know. We invested in you, and look what it did. So we're going to keep investing in new families that come in. And I spoke with Kelly. Kelly's going to be hosting Growth Tracks, which is a great way. Right now we're kicking it off, and it's a great way to teach what our church is about what we believe, why we do what we do, where you can get plugged in, where you can serve. And then that's also going to be where we now will say, hey, this was our church. This is, we taught you all of this. Now, I'm going to tell you about this mountain we were on once. And we're going to invest in new families when they come in. Because imagine being a new member or owner that comes into a church and they say to you, we love you. We're so glad you're a part of our church. We want to see what you will do with this. Church, I'm beyond proud of you. I'm so excited for this harvest. 
for the mountain that we were on. This was an incredible journey. But don't forget it. This is a move of God, and we're going to see it keep happening. And one of the reasons I have you fill out these forms is because, like I said, it's not ending. I don't know what, I honestly, I'll say, I don't know what half of you did. And I don't mean that in a mean way. It's just because so much was going on. I don't know what half of you did. But I want to know. I want to be able to share it. We want to be able to use this information to tell other families when they come in, and they're like, okay, so what could I do? Here's what God already did. If you're questioning what God could do with $20, look at this. Church, thank you. Thank you for coming along this ride. And I can't wait because next week, like I told you, I don't know the whole total. We're at $5,100 right now and some change. I don't know the exact change, but $5,100, not counting any of this down here. And what all is still coming in. So next Sunday, I'm going to announce what that harvest was. What the final grand total is. And just get ready to keep celebrating. Keep supporting the new families that are going to be coming in. And their seed money. And their ownership and their buy-in to the church. I'm so thankful church, pray with me. God, we give you all glory. We give you all praise. Lord, we put our trust in you and you never fail it. You never fail us time and time and time again. So God, I thank you, and I pray a blessing over our harvest, over each and every person that gave and was a part of this movement and blessed our church, whether they were strangers, whether they were regular attendees, whether they were just a family friend of somebody else. God, we thank you for all of the amazing blessings that have come in from this harvest. We thank you for the financial blessing of a harvest. We thank you for the people blessing harvest that has come in. We thank you for the lives changed and the mindsets changed and the lessons that we have learned through this. Jesus, I thank you and I pray blessings over this entire harvest that has come in and we give you thanks for that. I would be remiss if I did not say, if you are here today, as a new family that did not get a chance to be a part of this movement, but you know, you know that you know that this is something you want to be a part of. Come see me. I'm not going to have you raise your hand or anything along those lines. I know who some of you are already through conversations. But if you are a new family that has not been a part of this and you want to, come and see me. And I'm going to pray over you right now. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the harvest that came and we thank you for the fact that that harvest produced new seeds that we can plant again 
and see another harvest continue to grow and keep reaping those blessings as we sow the seeds, as we keep sowing and reaping and sowing and reaping and see what you are doing, God. I pray blessings over these new families that want to be a part of this and that want to see the blessing in their life and in the church's lives and in the owners of this church's lives. And then if you're here and you're thinking, you guys are nuts. I don't know why everybody's so excited. Or I'm a guest. A friend invited me to come today because they said it was going to be a big Sunday. Yeah, yeah, it was. But if you... You don't know why this is happening. You don't know why we are excited. You may not be in this building right now. You may be watching this online later. You don't know what is happening, why we are excited what these principles mean of reaping and sowing and why we did what we did. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you right now. And I'm going to, I'm going to pray over you. And I'm going to ask you, if you are here and you need it, Fill out a connection card. We'll reach out to you. We will connect with you. If you're online and you're watching it, hit us up. Send us a message. Send an email on the website, on Facebook, either one. But I'm going to pray for those right now that are there who are watching this and they're confused. They don't understand what we're doing. They don't understand why we shouted and screamed all of these songs. When we start yelling that this is a move of God, they don't understand what that means. But you want more information. You want that. I'm going to pray for you. Jesus, I pray for those who are semi-connected. They're there, but they're not. One foot in, one foot out. They see things happening. They go with the flow. But they're not sold out. They're not an owner. They'd rather be a member. They don't understand your sacrifice. The wide net of people that may know something is there and something is missing. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you touch them in a way that inspires them to reach out to us. That inspires them to ask those questions. To, to want more. 
Give them the desire for the desire. Lord, I pray for those that they will seek you and that we can be that resource to them. That they will reach out. They will not feel hesitant. They will not be too nervous. They will not be too scared. But that they will reach out, whether it's filling out a connection card, whether it's making a phone call or sending an email, or just simply walking up to us and saying, I don't know what this is about, but I need a change in my life. I pray for those people, God, that you loosen them, let them come. so that they can see your blessings too. God, we give you all glory, all thanks, all praise. Everything we do is in your name. I pray, God, over our entire church, all of the owners sitting in this room, that we don't forget this, and that we don't forget who did this. And we thank you We give it all back to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, thank you for coming on this journey. We will see you next week. We love you guys.